Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Thrive with Asbury Seminary podcast. I'm your host, Heidi E. Wilcox, bringing you conversations with authors, thought leaders, and people just like you who are looking to connect where your passion meets the world's deep need. Today on the podcast, I talk to Dr. Winfield Bevins and Dr. Mark Dunwoody, co-founders of Missional Formation Coaching. Together, they have more than four decades of experience training and coaching leaders from around the world. They've crafted online courses, personal coaching, and innovative resources that connect spiritual practices with missional practices to promote healthy rhythms that can be accessed by anyone, anywhere in the world. In today's conversation, we talk about how Mark and Winfield met, ways we can find new beginnings in an ever-changing world, their new book, Healthy Rhythms for Leaders, and ways we can begin incorporating life-giving practices into our daily lives. Let's listen. Winfield, Mark, it is so great to have you on the Thrive with Asbury Seminary podcast today. I've really been looking forward to it, and I'm just so grateful that you guys could be here today. Thank you. It's it's great to be here with you, Heidi. Excited about it. Yeah, yeah Heidi, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for your invitation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm real curious. I don't know if this has gotten recorded in a in previous podcast sessions because Winfield, you've recommended some people to be on the podcast before and there have been great conversations. But I asked them either before we start recording or while we're recording, how did you meet Winfield? And their answer has been through social media. I have never met him in person. I don't, ah. you know, like, so I find it really funny. So I'm curious, how did you two meet? Because you two actually are friends, right? You FaceTime daily. Isn't that what you told me? Yeah, we talk daily. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Mark tell that story, but we've, okay, we've yeah. traveled together. We've, we've been in a couple other countries together. We've trained leaders together. So we actually have been in person. <laughs> yeah. Mark, I'll, I'll let you kind of speak to that. Yeah, my wife thanks God every day for Winfield that she doesn't really have to talk to me that much. Um, so uh, yeah, and we've talked even more during the pandemic. It's been crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I I used to work in Montreal, in Canada for a long time, and there was a church planting conference there, and someone just introduced my, myself to Winfield, and uh, we just kept talking to each other, and then it was a case of like. Do we go back into the conference hall or do we go for a cup of tea? And we're like, let's go for a cup of tea. So our first time we met, we went to Tim Hortons, and which is a is an institution in Canada. And we had tea. And I remember as well, went through the tea. And we just had a great chat and we just had it off from the start, you know, because we were always like talking about stuff and like connecting the past to the future and actually how exciting it is in you know, how Christianity, how exciting Christianity is at the minute. And that was been our common interest over the last few years. Mm, definitely. I love that. Skipping out on the conference to go make yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in your book that we're going to, Healthy Rhythms for Leaders, that we're going to talk about in just a minute, you mentioned that you guys did a pilgrimage in Northern England. You traveled to the ruins of Whitby Abbey, Durham Cathedral, and the island of Lindisfarne. Um, first of all, I want to like explain to people what is a pilgrimage because we might not all be familiar with that. Yeah, Winfield, you can take that one if you want. Yeah, I mean, a pilgrimage essentially um, you, you have in the early church. Um, you have in this in the Old Testament even um, believers um, would 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 go on a journey. 
Um, and it'd be a faith adventure, if you will. And, you know, you've got a destination, but really the point of a pilgrimage is what happens along the way. It's not necessarily getting there. And so historically, people have traveled to cathedrals or abbeys or holy places. But really, the real stuff is what kind of happens along the way. And uh, Mark and I were in a conference, um, gosh, probably five, six years ago now in, in the north of England. And we we were like, you know, let's let's just go up into the north and just have an adventure afterwards. And, and the Lord just really spoke to us and just did a real deep work. Um, and we just kind of visited the sites where the northern saint, where Christianity came to England. Um, and it, I think what attracted us and what really, for me, uh, was really powerful about that journey was just the realization of the spiritual formation um, for mission. A lot of times we focus, we look at these great historic leaders and we look at the amazing stuff they did, like Patrick of Ireland and Aidan of Iona, you know, who established the Lindisfarne. Um, we, we look at like the stuff they did, but not the, the formation that formed them for mission. And I think that's what really spoke most to me and resonated with our hearts together and our friendship and our passion to help others is, is just the discovery of this deep spiritual formation that forms us for healthy, um, healthy mission into the world. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of my take on it, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's brilliant. And, you know, that there's a physical aspect to a pilgrimage. You know, we go from one place to another and it's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's sparked by a sense of wanderlust, it's sparked by a sense of like adventure and uh, that innate um, creative ability we all have within us to create something new and bring something new to the world. And, and in Christian, um, sorry, in Celtic Christianity, that wanderlust lost was lived out by the fact that the sun set in the west. So for the early uh, Celts, there was nothing beyond that. So they always wondered what it would be like to go beyond that, that sense of that new world, as they called it, Tirnagog. And and then with the spiritual um, sense of pilgrimage, the monks of Lindisfarne they really lived out their lives in a in a rhythm of prayer, um, chore, meals, and activities that were carried out in a prayerful state. And and they believed that you know they were called towards a pilgrimage that was motivated for mostly by a spiritual quest, um, and consequently their their pilgrimage was experienced as a core spiritual practice. You know, and out of these times of this spiritual practice of going deeper in their in their faith with God flowed spiritual fruits that create then a new missional creativity that transformed the dark ages at that time. So the missionary impulse of the Celtic Christians was was really like a cultivation of a a, a personal devotion um, to the Christian tradition of uh, peregrinatio, which means to exile oneself for to and then Christ. So you can see how the the physical pilgrimage and then the spiritual pilgrimage is really um, a sense of of trying to yeah exile oneself to somewhere different for to and then Christ. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. What did you? What did each of you learn about yourselves or about God that you didn't know before you took that pilgrimage? Because it sounded sounds like it was a kind of a pivotal moment in each of your lives. Well, so again, we, um, 
you know, Mark and I had met and had done some training together up in Montreal, which is a very, it's one of the most multicultural global cities in the West and, and maybe the world. And one of the most difficult, hardest places. Mark lived there, so he, he can speak to that. But, uh, you know, we had this shared passion for helping leaders. Um, we were working, we've worked, you know, over the last, you know, several decades, just training pastors, church planners, fresh expressions, leaders around the world. And, and on this trip, I think, again, it was a deep spiritual journey. Mm. It was, um, you know, it was a pilgrimage and mm. we, we just really felt inspired to one of the, one of the biggest challenges in ministry and with leaders right now is burnout. Mm-hmm. And you have leaders that are constantly doing without being. They're constantly mm-hmm. giving out without allowing time um, for the Lord to pour back in. And I think that's what really struck us the most, or me in particular, was there's something deep in this, on Lindisfarne Island, St. Aidan, who came from Iona, came with just a handful of monks to this tiny little island in the north of England. That what's interesting is twice a day, it's it's surrounded by water as the tide comes in. It becomes separated from the rest of the world. And then when the tide rolls back out, it connects back to the mainland. And that's 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 how their mission, it formed their mission. The, the, we call it rhythms of ebb and flow, where they would retreat to be with God and prayer and worship. And then when the tide's came back out, they would go back out into the world in mission. And I think that's what we really kind of left that island with a sense of inspiration that this is what the world needs. This is mm-hmm. how we can come alongside and help leaders to say, hey, there's an ancient way to forge uh, the future of the church. Mm-hmm. Isn't just always inventing everything new, mm-hmm. uh, but in a way that's rooted in the past. And so in a way that's rooted in deep spiritual formation. So that's kind of what what emerged for me out of that was just, I think we just had this deep shared sense of one, our own spiritual formation of what the Lord was doing, but two, having worked with so many leaders, seeing one of the greatest need is formation for mission for leaders. And that really kind of sparked something in our imagination that we needed to share with the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark, would you add anything to that? What you learned from, from your time there or what changed for you? Yeah, I actually remember us just sitting on the shore and we we were probably tireder than we wanted to admit as well because we had, you know, as Winfield says, we, we talk in the book about spiritual breathing of inhaling the spirit and exhaling mission. And uh, we realized like how, how empowering that concept can be to leaders because the world has changed. And during the time of Lindisfarne, of its core mission and ministry was at a time when the world had changed. The worldview had changed so much after the Roman Empire had collapsed. So all the all the um, known elements had started, they were unknown now. Um, and we, we sort of thought that it's a wee bit like today. And we have like lots of amazing leaders who have spiritual practices that maybe aren't joined up to missional practices. It's as if the as if the church hasn't changed for a thousand years and the world hasn't changed. And, you know, they might be le- leading out of a place of naivety and self-interest and maybe doom and gloom and trying to hold on to the past. And then we also work with a lot of leaders who 
are really cool mission leaders that maybe just don't look after their spiritual practices as much or don't prioritize practices as much uh, for their spirituality. And we just thought, what would it look like to have leaders thrive by joining these two things together? What if our mission Mm. practices were a consequence of our spiritual practices? You know, like the ebb and flow of the tide around Lindisfarne, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. Yeah, so... And we, we also, we write in the book as well, you know, about how Jesus modeled that and how maybe maybe some of Jesus' most important ministry was done in isolation in his quiet times by himself. You know, so those were the things that really struck us during that trip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that is standing out to me, both from reading your book and what you have said about the island of Lindisfarne being surrounded by water two times a day with the tide going in and out is that it's a physical representation of of what what is actually happening spiritually or you hope is but also reminds me of two times a day you have a new beach mm-hmm. you know around around there and it reminds me of a story you were talking about mark um that you would you enjoy going out you live on the water in Ireland and so enjoy going out finding finding a new beach when it comes in and i guess i'm just curious cuz sometimes like a new beach it doesn't come it doesn't come in gently it can come in chaotically yeah. um you know so especially thinking about uh like 2020 and everything that has happened i mean the world has definitely changed and it's starting to go back to normal i'm putting that in quotes in some places but there are some things that will never be the same yeah um how do you how how do we find a new beach in this time, like personally and and as as the church as a whole and the leaders that you're working with? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we we talk about in, in the micro of the Christian story, um, the church. We can see that the church often um, does not like disruption and change and chaos, and maybe even prays against it. Yeah, we can see after major periods of disrupt sorry, destruction, and the church has survived pandemics, you know, wars and whatever during the centuries, that God has actually, um, there's been an exponential growth of the church, both spiritually and numerically. So so what we're saying is, like the story of going out to look for a new beach, I love the storms. And after a storm, I'll go down to the waterfront, not so much to look at the desolation, but to look at the new beach, you know. And and with that, you know, it's just really a posture of awareness of of how you're living your life and how you're 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 perceiving the work of God and the Spirit um, in your life, and where that hope would come from. And we also talked about about a realistic hope where everything isn't always great and everything isn't always bad, but it's just a, a realistic hope that's found in Christ and found in the lessons from the Bible and and from. Uh, from our history and from the saints and Christians of the past. So there's so much there, actually, that we we don't have to reinvent, that we can look back. Um, like if, if there's something in someone's mind that, you know, God's really calling them towards something new and they know that in their heart. You know, we always say, like, dive into the Bible, see who else cared about those things. What did they do? What was their response? You know, because again... Mm-hmm. We see the, through the Christian story, all these people had the same feelings, emotions, pains, fears, hopes, dreams as we have. You know, so nothing's new today. Um, it, the only thing that's new is our awareness of the opportunity that God's offering is in front of us. 
I think that is a beautiful way to look at it because it's mm-hmm. um it's both and I think it's yeah. it's acknowledging and accepting the on the beach that things are different now, but also after the tide, it's when you find the most seashells too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. You know, we are we are emerging into we. You know, we 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 love coaching because coaching can really disrupt and empower people in a way that we we maybe haven't been doing in the church for a long time. And we're emerging out of a a worldview of church that was was quite ordered. We knew what would happen if we did A, it would equal B. However, we're now in a world where we do A, it could equal B, C, D, E, F, G. However, we Mm -hmm. need to empower folks and trust them and trust the work of spirit in their lives. Um, So so in leadership, really, we're we're going from a, a different style of leadership. You know, we're moving from leadership to coaching people to find the new beats in their life, the new change. And then coming alongside them to help them um, discover those new insights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you're leading me right into my next question. So, what is um, either of you can answer this? And what is missional formation coaching that you started? And when did you start that? Yeah, again, uh, the seeds of this were really. I think the lovely thing is this. This really has emerged out of our friendship. Um, and just mm, our shared passion to just help leaders with these healthy rhythms. You know, this past year, honestly, we we really felt the Lord say, hey, you need to, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the world to change the world is to help leaders that are going to change the world. Um, and <laughs> the Lord just kind of gave us a bold vision to train 10,000 coaches in the next 10 years around the world with healthy rhythms uh, to help leaders thrive. And so missional formation coaching is a sense, essentially a reflective, uh, it's unique in that it's a, it's a reflective model of coaching um, that focuses and brings together healthy rhythms that connect spiritual formation um, with you know, missional leadership and missional creativity. And we feel like one of the greatest ways that um, we can help leaders is to, one, help them by tending to their own spiritual, emotional health, their inner life, um, mm-hmm. to help them with leadership rhythms, which is kind of the outer life of a leader, but also to help them with missional creativity. So I'm an artist and you know, Mark's a creative thinker. And so one of the things we really kind of tap into is kind of paradigm shifts in thinking to help leaders think creatively to engage this new world. If, if there's a new beach and it, if there's a new world, you need, you need a new church and you need new paradigms of leadership. And so that's kind of a threefold framework that's unique to our coaching process is again, the, the missional, we call it missional formation, missional leadership and missional creativity. But the big, bold vision um, is to train 10,000 leaders who then are going to coach others and what's amazing is what's emerged through the pandemic is we have leaders in close to 20 different countries taking this training. They're to be wow. equipped in this in this new emerging model that we believe is going to change the world. I mean, we have this, you know, Mark used the term realistic hope. We talk about it in the book. Um, you know, realistic hope isn't just kind of blind optimism or sticking your head in the sand saying everything's going to be all right. We have hope because of Jesus, um, and we're realistic. The challenges are very real, and I think it's going to demand um, rooted, formed leaders. Those those are the, the, the men and women who are going to change the world, and it's an exciting moment. It's a challenging moment, 
but I think it demands um, healthy uh, leaders who are going to kind of lead healthy organizations and churches into this new this new era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, when you say leaders, because uh, when I first picked up your book, looked at your website to prepare for our conversation, I was like, "This does not mean me." But as I started reading your book, I was like. I'm taking things away from this. So when you say leader, who do you mean as far as, you know, who, what type of people are you working with? Yeah, I think, I think I'll, I'll use my analogy of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> love telling a story. Irish people always answer a question by a story. Um, <laughs> so, so like, f- there's a guy called Frank Braun, and he was telling his kids a, um, a story one night before they went to bed. And uh, it was like just a made-up fairy tale story. And then the kid said, where is this place? Where is this place? And he looked at his filing cabinet and he's seen the letters on it and he's seen OZ. So he said, oh, it's the land of Oz. And then he made up the story of the Wizard of Oz. And then we see in the Wizard of Oz and the story and how it goes. And we get to the point where the wee dog pulls back the curtain on the on the... Wizard of Oz and realizes the Wizard of Oz is just all smoke and mirrors. And really the scarecrow and the lion, everything. They have their courage, they have their brains, they have the heart that they had already. They just needed to go on an adventure to find that. And I think that's what's happening now with leadership. Um, people are being empowered in a way, um, in Christian leadership in a way that's just so encouraging. So for for mission formation coaching, we have we have people in the healthcare sector. I mean People in the healthcare sector have literally stood between us and goodness knows what in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like we are so thankful yes, for, for these sure. people. Mm-hmm. Lots of people in the healthcare sector are, are using this book. And, and it was our heart with entrepreneurs as well. One thing we've seen with the pandemic is that the figures are off the chart of people who are becoming entrepreneurs because a lot that the world changed. They've seen a new beach and they thought, I'm doing something different, you know? Um, so, so there's lots of great stuff. However, these people still need good spiritual and missional rhythms in their life. So it's for anybody. It's for pastors, for church planners, for for anybody. Anybody that's got that impulse that thinks, do you know what? I'm created here to bring something new to the world. Like, you know, what would that look like? And how can I thrive in these times? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love your wording of going on an adventure. It just, it makes it sound, I mean, sometimes when we talk about um, different things like this, just different words get used. But I love, I mean, life is an adventure. So I love like being equipped to go on the adventure of life and to do it well. What do these, like, how does the coaching process work? Because I'm thinking of the listener who may be interested in connecting with you guys and we'll link to your website. So what does this look like? Yeah, I mean, really the two things, um, I'll just say something, Mark, and you, you can jump in. You know, we offer coaching. You know, we have uh, a group of coaches, uh, and again, it's emerging. Uh, it's, it's translated into Spanish. Uh, the, the book, the, the training is in Spanish. Um, we, you know, so we, we offer coaching, which is one-to-one um, we do consulting um, to just help organizations kind of create these healthy rhythms. And so essentially a coaching call is we spend an hour with a leader um, once a month, um, typically for six to 12 months at a time or longer in some cases. 
where we just kind of just come alongside them and and um, listen to their dreams and just kind of pull out what God's put in their heart to do and and to come come alongside and support them. And then, um, Mark, I think it'd be great for you to kind of speak about the actual coach certification training that we've developed because that was really, yeah. um, and, and this is the fun thing is Mark and I are so different, but our hearts are the same. And we've brought these different, you know, I'm a writer, so I've done a lot of the kind of the writing elements and kind of designing some of the coaching elements. Mark's really been the mastermind around creating kind of the new innovative kind of learning platforms that we've used. So when we say we offer this training, it, it is accessible to anyone, anytime, anywhere in the world. And I think that's a part of the bold vision is we're using a global platform. So I'll let Mark kind of speak to that. So again, we do offer personalized coaching that's, you know, very unique to each person. Um, we're coaching, you know, again, you asked a question about what is a leader? Am I a leader? You are a leader. You know, you're, you're you know, leading this podcast, you know, I think we need to think creatively about what does it mean to be a leader? And that's where kind of bringing that creative element into it. Um, I think the new economy, the new world is redefining, you know, we don't think of leaders as like traditional CEOs over big corporation. We're thinking of new entrepreneurial thinkers that are starting innovative, you know, new expressions of church, uh, new businesses, nonprofits. Um, and that, that's the exciting thing is we're helping people bring new things into the world. Um, mm-hmm. Mark, I'd love for you to just talk about the training because that's the thing that really energizes, I think, us is yeah. the co- working with people one-on-one, but also coming alongside and equipping them to equip others. And that's yeah, where I I'm think lo- the, the yeah. real magic kind of happens there is, is releasing others to be able to take this stuff and just give it away create a revolution i think is our heart yeah i love that and i love like just to have what you said you know i love the fact that you know the crux of the message of jesus is that you are enough you have enough and you're doing enough and i think that's such a powerful message for us to live into in a world that keeps telling us you don't have enough you're not enough and you're not doing enough so you can see that the shadow of that keeps us away from being who we are in Christ. So, uh, and I think that's at the core of who we are in missional formation coaching. So we, the question we asked, you know, we talk about design thinking. So we framed the problem of that coaching, coaching training is still quite exclusive um, because it, you know, the old way of doing it, you need it to gather people in the place and it's quite complex and everything else. And yet in change management, the more, complex something is the more necessary it is to actually democratize and delegate the tasks to the people that are close to to what needs to be done so we had those questions how can we how can we dis- democratize and disrupt coaching training for missional formation and uh, that was our quest that was our adventure and mm. so we we developed a platform a digital platform that can be used on your phone or your um cell phone on your laptop, your iPad, whatever. And it really is a is a sort of self-directed training platform for the missional formation coach coaching process. And it's just, I mean, it's it's incredible. This technology did not exist five years ago. And and everybody that we've had that have done has done the training. There's a part of you like you're, you know, you're always vulnerable, aren't you bringing something new to the world? So there's a part where we're thinking, 
someone's not going to like this. Like, but it's been incredible the change that's happened. So, so people can access the coaching training on the phone, and basically what that does, it's it really it helps them reflect on everything that's within the missional formation process to bring about change in their own personal transformation, in their leadership transfer, the way they lead, and the way that they can create change in their organisation. And it's just as simple as on your phone at any time, at any place. So we've took away the, any, the element of any time and any, any place and we've democratised um, coaching training to people who maybe would not have been able to get it before. Mm-hmm. And, and again, our dream is global. Our dream is yeah. like equip 10,000 missional formation coaches that can influence 100 people each, you know? Oh, wow. And, mm-hmm. and again, what I say, like in, in, my, in culture change, if you want to do something very complex you have to make it very simple so so there's it's actually quite a simplistic way of um signing up for training um living into this this learning experience which is 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 really multi multi uh functional because it's it's podcasts it's reading it's um writing it's tasks it's audio files it's everything so it engages all your senses it's really cool um mm-hmm. and then the outcome of that has been as Winfield has just said, we've just transcribed um, it into Spanish. So we're hoping to roll it out with the Spanish partner, which is so exciting. It's so exciting. Yes. Yeah. And so we've so people that are doing it are people who are entrepreneurs in the healthcare sector, uh, bishops, those types of people and senior leadership, parishes, parish teams, um, everything else. And uh, yeah, I think, is it, have I missed anything, Winfield? Yeah, I mean, obviously, pastors, church planters, um, you know, really, you know, a lot of our work has been with, you know, church planters and leaders that are starting something new. And I think that's our thing is, this is a moment for Christians, this is this idea of leaders to bring something new into the world. And so whether that's starting a new community of faith, a new church, a new fresh expressions, a new entrepreneurial, you know, business endeavor that's um, going to kind of engage people in the marketplace. This is how Christians, we got to get back out there. Um, we've got to influence change in culture. And so I, I think that's kind of what really excites us, keeps us up at night. Again, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, we've got, we've got leaders in Australia, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Dubai, England, Ireland, Nepal, Singapore, um, gosh, Portugal, Scotland, um, South Africa, Thailand. Um, oh, the United States. Can't, <laughs> where? You know, where, where's that? Where's that? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the exciting thing is God's really using us as a platform to equip others. And I would say, you know, if you're kind of listening to this and you're like, you know, how you know how can I be equipped to help others in this? It this is and the other thing I think with the vision, um, Heidi is. So much of coach training and certification is extremely expensive and inaccessible to the majority of people. And what we've done with this vision is we've created a streamlined kind of accessible training that can be offered to anyone anywhere in the world in a way that's affordable. And um, that's really kind of the dream is we want to make what has been inaccessible to a lot of people, we want to make it accessible. We want to give it away. And that's where multiplication happens is, yeah. you know, on our website, we've got free resources. We've got a podcast. 
you know, we, we just want to give stuff away to be a blessing to the body of Christ and really help yeah. kind of fan the flame, you know, to help kind of create these healthy rhythms. You know, as Mark said, 10,000 coaches that over their lifetime will coach a hundred people. That's a million people that can be impacted yeah. potentially yeah. Um, yeah. with this vision. I think that's what just excites me and what I love about it. Um, and the training yeah. piece, like, again, what's neat is through the whole time that we've been creating, we've been beta testing, we've been getting feedback and it's, it's just been, it's been an exciting journey. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know about for you all, but for me with like, the pandemic was very difficult in many ways, but one of the ways it did uh, show me is like the gift of technology that we had. And it was there previously, but like doing the podcast remotely, we didn't do a whole lot of those in 2019. It was you coming into the studio. So it expanded the reach. Yeah. Did you find that to be the same for you guys or were you always kind of on a more global platform? We, I, I think we, we've always the global presence yeah okay I've, yeah. I've worked we i've worked in different places swimfields and asbury which has a global presence we always did that but i agree with you with the technology and the digital it's been that the, the irony is that we would could not be doing the mission formation coaching training but without the technology and it's only developed in the last few years um yeah. and there is a reality that the world has changed so much and there's so much we don't know because for you know 200,000 years as human beings, we communicate it via in person, you know, really as much as we could. And we made decisions and we took, now we're, we've had 20, 30 years of this. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how that technology. And again, that realistic hope that we talk about is really prevalent to, to the digital and technology as well and how it's technology and digital. So, so yeah, it's opened up all these. I mean, with the, with the software we use, we we're working with leaders in places that don't have have reliable Wi-Fi. You know, it can be downloaded on their phone, um, and then they can be in places where no Wi-Fi, and so they have a like a training program on their phone, and yeah. and then yeah. you know, so we're able to we're able to use technology to to help form missional leaders in parts of the world that we couldn't have done five ten years ago. So so technology is a funny thing, isn't it? It's a trade off, and I don't think we know how to use it properly yet in terms of our emotional and spiritual health, do we? You know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, one thing that you mentioned, you're equipping leaders to go out and train other leaders to start like new businesses, new things. Um, and with that, it, it comes with a lot of work, both for the, you know, the person starting, you can't start something new without a lot of hustle. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned is balancing the, the doing with the being. Yeah. So, how can how can we do that? Because it's it's a constant dance, right? Yeah, yeah. I think again, it's back to that idea of ebb and flow, and um, the these new reality. You know, the the new reality is there is no new reality. I mean, <laughs> for you sure, know, like we're never going back to where we were. I think the future will be a an ongoing, changing, rapid changing future that leaders are going to have to have these healthy rhythms. Yeah. And if you're going to be a leader that lasts, you have to go deep if you want to go long. And I think mm -hmm. that's what happens to most entrepreneurs, church plant. I mean, just speaking from working with hundreds, I mean, I, I guess thousands of church planners over the last several decades with all the training and just 
is if leaders don't go deep in their faith and have these healthy rhythms, they are not going to make it for the long haul. And that's the hard, harsh reality. And I think in, in all of the uncertainty and all of the challenges, unless you have those healthy patterns and rhythms, um, you know, it, it's absolutely essential. I think that's our heartbeat is, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to do something new, you have to have the power of the pause. You have to stop and be, become a reflective leader. And we, we get into a lot of these things of like, what, what, are those, what are those essentials that are needed? Realistic hope, um, contemplative action. You know, rather than just kind of doing, 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 we, we pause to reflect and contemplate and pray. And we, we respond out of a place of prayer and reflection, yeah. um, you know, emotional, spiritual health. Uh, you know, we get into some of those, you know, leaders need a, a, a higher level of cultural intelligence. Again, we could, we could just do a whole session on each of these points, but we touch on these. Missional creativity, the ability to, what do you do with, when you have a new beach? Um, if you have to have the creative imagination to see what that new future looks like. A lot of people aren't, you know, tra- it's kind of like every one of us were born as artists. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens is uh, as we get into adolescence, we kind of start doing the real stuff. You know, we start, you know, doing, you know, as we become adults, you know, we do adult things and we stop dreaming, we stop thinking, we stop being creative. and what if that's exactly how God created us to be, was to be creative and to be imaginative? And so I think one of the things we bring to this is calling leaders and Christians back to rediscovering creative. That's how we create. That's how we do the new beach. That's how we are going to kind of engage the modern world is with a fresh missional creativity. Now, I've had a lot of coffee, so, I mean, we're, we're touching on stuff that I'm obviously really excited about. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, I love it. But I guess I'm curious, because both things take time, both the doing and yep. the being. How I mean, taking time to be still, I'm terrible at being still, I'll just be honest. Yeah. But, um, like, how do we find time to engage our spiritual, emotional health to to be contemplative, to, to do, to start some of these practices? Well, two things, and then I'll, I'll lob it back over to Mark. I mean, we really go into real, you know, we offer you real practices in the book. And this is where we are saying we've got to engage the future, but we've got to do it in a way that's rooted in, again, this idea of going to Lindisfarne. Christians have done this throughout the ages. And so there are time-tested practices. So there's something that's called the daily examine, which is a daily practice of pausing at the end of day, um, stopping, recentering on God, inviting the Holy Spirit to come in, reflecting on your day, um, what was good, what was bad, and then how do you need to respond going into the next day? So we kind of walk through that reflective practice. It can be a daily practice. Uh, then we go into establishing a rule of life. Most people are just kind of, they've lost whatever rhythms they had before the pandemic, and we need to establish new rhythms. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the rule of life is a time-honored way that Christians have crafted with the help of the Holy Spirit and reflection, daily, weekly, monthly, annual practices that root them in healthy patterns. And, and so we, we, we equip you in, in the book and in the coaching with some of these real 
practical tools that are time honored, but will also help you kind of engage these new realities and the balance you're kind of mm-hmm. kind of hitting on. Mark, yeah. what do you have to add to that? Oh, I mean, you've you've just said it all. Um, I think one thing as well is to just when you feel sometimes that you are feeling in the being is to go macro. You know, just go big picture and realize that you're going to be here probably for a long time. You know, and I think we sometimes we love to beat ourselves up if we're not like someone else or living out the practice somewhere else. But we are who we are, you know. And uh, the thing is, as well, it's just it's that reflection of on yourself and realizing you are you do have a sense of being and doing in your life. You already have these personal practices, leadership practices. But what would it look like if you just reframed them on uh, what we've learned from the past? Of Christian leaders from the past and what we learned from the Bible, you know, one thing that I that always I find funny is that you know the desert mothers and fathers, you know, at the time in the third and fourth fifth century, they they retreated to the desert because Christianity was was driving them crazy the way the church was going. So they just wanted peace and they just wanted to really be, and the reality of them being uh, was that more and more people were attracted to them because they were being. So I always think that was funny. They they wanted to get away from people. However, what happened was that people were attracted to them because they were living a contemplative life. And then we see from those women and men um, in history how that contemplative life spread across Europe and back into um, Ireland and, and back into Europe again. Um, and that was the crux of a different way of living out. So so a consequence of just you being and getting in touch of, of who you are in Christ actually leads to to, to to doing and it becomes a doing that comes out of your being which then mm. um is a gentler way in your emotional and spiritual health you know mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know and, and just like we said in the book if there's if there's any focus that the christian leader of the future will need it's the discipline of dwelling in the presence of the one who keeps saying do you love me again there's another scary question from jesus we don't want to know that you know do you love me mm-hmm. you know that's such a that's such a powerful question to, to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We touched on this at the beginning, but the danger of always doing without being is a is the recipe for burnout. And so Winfield, you shared just a little bit about your personal story of burnout and you likened it to Bilbo Baggins, which I love saying, um, you were describing yourself as he did thin sort of stretch like butter scraped over too much bread. Um, but you read some, you took time to be still and do some reading with, with the text. Henry Nowen was one of them. Um, how did reading about where he talked about spiritual, uh, he described spiritual burnout as a very dark place, um, a spiritual death. How did like hearing those words, how did that awaken your soul and cause you to create some change in your own life? Because that was not maintainable. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long way around that question. So I yeah, hope it made I, sense. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the short answer, you know, we're talking about long journeys, you know, life is mm-hmm. a long winding journey, um, which, you know, to paraphrase Tolkien, you know, and the, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings, Hobbit story, you know, this, um, you know, for me, this actually started uh, a number of years ago. I was, you know, I was in a plant 
that grew, church plant that grew. We were successful. I was a young leader. And um, and a, a pastor up the road who had gone multi-site was very successful, about an hour away from me, same age, same family, committed suicide on Sunday. And I remember it just really shook me, thinking, mm. how what happened? What what led to this as a, as a Christian leader? Um, was successful by all the world standards. And it kind of led me down a path of just looking deep into my own life to say, am I healthy? And what do I need? And it, it's, you know, this is, I mean, more than a decade ago, I started studying leadership resilience and longevity, you know, for Christian leaders and pastors yeah. and church planters. I mean, in the church planning world, nobody's talking about this. And, um, that's where kind of my own personal story. So, you know, that's where I started looking into, you know, connecting with writers like Henry Nowen and others that uh, Eugene Peterson. I mean, we could just name so many different writers from mm-hmm. different Christian traditions mm-hmm. that are all saying, hey, you need to slow down and think about the long road, um, have this long view, as Mark said. Mm-hmm. And then um, as you again, this idea of reflective leadership is so essential. I think in a world that where everybody's responding, everything's on social media, instant, instant, everything, God actually, the remedy is to slow down, to catch up. There's, there's, there's a quote that I love in a a thing that uh, uh, N.T. Wright said, he said, we have to slow down to catch up with God. And so many of us, we're moving at such a fast pace uh, where Jesus is actually uh, you know, when we look at the Gospels, he walked on foot to each one of these miracle sites. We're traveling at the speed of sound, and where God's saying, "Hey, slow down, get rooted, get grounded," and then, then you know, if we have that long-term perspective, I think it's, I think it's absolutely essential. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think coaching, slowing down, <clears throat> engaging in a more being kind of lifestyle has always been needed, but never more so as we as we live through 2020 and then come out on the other side of that for sure. So like I said, we'll link to your podcast, your website, your book, all the things in in the show notes. Um one of the things that I am curious about as we as we move forward, like I finished your book, it's and as people listen to this conversation and think, wow, this is really great. I mean, I know for me, there were some things that I was like, oh, I, I really need to do this, like taking a moment to be still, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at least I found in my life, it's easy to kind of put the book on the shelf, you know swipe and delete the podcast conversation when you're done to clear out your, your feed, you know, and never get it kind of put into action. So what is, what is one step? What is one simple step that people listening can take to start engaging in a healthy rhythm? Yeah, I think, um, again, we, we, we talk about some of these practices in the book and kind of in the coaching is I, I think the daily, you know, the daily practice of the daily examine might be just a one wonderful thing that every person listening can do at the end of each day is, and actually I just call it the power of, of pause is, mm-hmm. um, throughout the day, um, take moments to just pause, you know, little, I mean, it doesn't have to be long, but just stop, breathe, you know, 
practice, you know, get mindfulness, recenter back on Christ. Say, Lord, just pause, you know, and say, God, come into my life. What's going on in the world around me? Recenter me. And that's kind of the, you know, the, the, the Lindisfarne spirituality when, you know, the tide rolls in, you know, we steal away to be with the Lord. And then when the tide rolls back out, then we go back in back out into the world. We're not, we're not talking about going and joining a monastery and like leaving the world. We're saying, you know what, <laughs> we're in the world. we got to work we're, we're this is a real, you know, this is real time stuff. Um, but through prayer and reflection, these are like, um, we're, we're creating pauses for kind of these, these holy moments of recentering ourselves in Christ mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to where, the problem is, if we really want to be honest, so many of our we're doing life in our own strength and our own power, and that's what's keep it. It's kind of like a car that gets out of you know. When I was a kid, you know, I would just run the tires off of my cars, and my car would be you know like driving sideways. The tires would you know the wheels would be so jacked up, and I'd forget to get oil changes on the car. What we're talking about is you need routine maintenances. The older I get, you know, you keep a log like, okay, an old change to the car. You know, you need fresh oil for the car to run smooth. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, you got to mm-hmm. change. You got to rotate those tires um, regularly. And essentially, that's recentering the automobile so it can run properly. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in our life. That's what we're saying is you got to have regular. You got to recenter. You got you to realign uh, and refocus and recenter in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have talked about a lot of things. Um, and we have one question we like to ask everybody before we wrap up the show. But before we do that, um, is there anything else you would like to mention that we haven't already talked about? I just like when Winfield was talking, I think as well that just this is a huge systemic change in our world like let's not underestimate it and this is tough for so many people and there's something just really powerful of um like one of the practices i've used my whole life because i've traveled so much as an irish guy and uh it's just to listen to understand not to reply you know because when, when when things comes at us when you know, messages come at us in different people's worldviews. It's very, it's very, uh, it's very easy just to respond quickly. You know, to listen to answer. Whether it's social media, whether it's our family, whether it's our workplace, whatever it is, our school, just listen to understand. So it's a real, like, it's a really um, great tool that I've used just to keep quiet. And and uh, there's a great book by Thomas Merton of the, the Wisdom of the Desert. Where this young novice goes to this older monk and says, "Hey, how do how do I learn the greatest wisdom of the world?" And uh, the monk says to him, "Put this stone in your mouth for two years and come back and tell me what you've learned." And I love that. And that's like mm-hmm. that could be fifteen hundred years ago. So it's nothing's changed. You know, there's a bit of us where we just need to listen to understand, listen yeah. to God, listen to the Spirit, listen to the people in our lives, and even listen to the people that we don't agree with. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So th- that's beautiful. The So here's the question that we ask everybody. So I'll let Mark, uh, I'll ask the question and Mark, you can go first and then one field. Yeah. But because the show is called the Thrive with Asbury Seminary podcast, what is one practice that is helping you thrive in your life right now? 
one practice. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to drive Wamfield crazy because I send him photographs for badness. Um, mm. I, I'm just, you know, we just moved back to Ireland um, from London, UK last last fall. One of the reasons I moved here is because Wamfield and I, as you've gathered, are history geeks. And so I live in the place where um, the ancient saints would have made their pilgrimages from Ireland to Scotland. So I actually live in that place. I can, they would have sailed past where I live. So I, I just, I go, I spend a lot of time down at the beach, at the waterfront, walking around cliffs. Um, a f- couple of weeks ago, I visited one of the oldest um, man-made structures in Ireland from the Bronze Age. Like it was like a wee island built in the lake beside a huge cliff. And that's where some of the earliest people in Ireland lived. So that's what I do. I just love getting in touch with the past and history and, and doing things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're making me jealous too. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, the photographs of it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think to build on that, I think get out in nature, go for walks, wherever you are, you know, mm-hmm. parks, you know, you know, just experience God in nature is so, you know, there's, there's a, you know, nature disorder deficit, you know, that many of us have. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I'm an artist. And so one of the key practices that I have is just, and I've, I've really tapped into this over the last few years. I felt like the Lord said, you know, you need to make space for creativity. And when I do art, it just, I can leave everything behind and create, a, you know, and it's, it's for me, I'm not, you know, I, I call myself an artist, but whether someone else likes it or not, is not the point, you know, it's really mm-hmm. for me. And so, uh, you know, I paint, you know, I, I create icons, I, you know, I do all sorts of painting, but again, it may be journaling, it may be writing poetry, maybe reading poetry. I think, you know, I would encourage people to just find a space for creativity in their day to just pause and do nothing. That's, you know, and I think that's the beauty of walking or creating art is there's nothing pragmatic about it. There's nothing that's, you know, there's no pressure. Find something in your life that you can just do just for the joy of doing it. It might be playing an instrument or learning a new, you know, learning how to play an instrument. Uh, or maybe it's learning to paint. You know, I had a professor yeah. the other day that reached out to me. He's like, Winfield, can you, what, how do I start? painting where do I start so I've started kind of coaching him through Mm. you know kind of the basics of where to begin um I do writing workshops on how to write and publish um I I think you know just start being creative I think is what I would encourage people in yeah just do something just for the fun of it I love that yeah yeah I love that because people talk about, and this is totally fine, but people talk about turning their hobbies into a way to make money, and that's totally fine. Uh, but there are certain things that I've started doing, like I learned how to crochet this past year, and you can you like go. sell it. But I'm like, if I start selling it, then you I have deadlines, it. and I don't want to do it, and it's no fun anymore. <laughs> the, the magic is creativity for the sake of creativity. Yeah. And yeah. now what's amazing is I post my art on Instagram, and I, I actually sell the, you know, people will be like, can I buy that? That's amazing. I'm like, okay, I'll think about it. Maybe, maybe not. I love this piece. Or maybe I'm like, <laughs> right. okay. And th- that's the fun thing is I just do it sheerly for the sheer joy and love of it. And it's something that yeah. I feel like, I think that's a place, it's an expression of the holiness that is within us. It's God created us to create. And 
Um, there's just something beautiful and magical that happens through that and just doing it mm-hmm. for the love of it and for no other reason. And if that turns into something that maybe makes money, but that's not the goal, you know, as you said, yeah. and I think that's really yeah. important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we're, we're doing that since we can't be walking around the, yeah. the coast of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I, All right. I take my wife with me and she's like, whatever. Can we just go? You know? Like, I'm like, oh, look, there's an ancient tomb. Look at it. the way those rocks are formed. That was a standing stone. And yeah. there was a tomb under there maybe 2,000 years ago. And she's like, yeah, can we go and get our coffee now? It's like, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you guys, this has been great. Thank you so very much for taking the time today. I've just so enjoyed our conversation. Brilliant. Thanks so Thank much, you. Heidi. It's been great to be with you. Yeah. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for today's conversation with Mark and Winfield. This conversation challenged me, as I hope it did you, to take time to establish a healthy rhythm in my life. Just one step in the direction of more health. If you haven't already, be sure to pick up a copy of their book, Healthy Rhythms for Leaders. And if you like what you heard, be sure to thank Mark and Winfield for being on the podcast today. As always, you can follow us in all the places on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at Asbury Seminary. Well, that's it for me today, friends. Until next time, I hope you'll go do something that helps you thrive.